You are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Dana Scully in the Multiverse of Molders by Anonymous Fiji Mermaid on AO3. Rating Explicit. Chapter 4. I'm gonna fucking come! 1069 Dana Scully yells as the waiter standing behind her pumps his hips, resulting in a thunderous clapping of his bare, untanned ass cheeks. Me too, the waiter blurts out, expunging his fluids into the rubber wrapped around his knob. After the two catch their breath, Dana turns around and grabs the waiter by his cheeks. She kisses him on the lips and says, I love you. The waiter stares at her, blankly, unsure of how to respond. Dana quickly says, You can go now. He saunters off, yanking up his pants and zipping his fly. He happens to walk right past 1013 Dana Scully, who is hiding behind a Dodge Neon, hoping the horny waiter won't see her. When the coast is clear, Scully rises up and walks over to her counterpart, leaning on the hood of her Jaguar. Uh, hello? Flower! Hey! Dana says with a smile, adjusting her makeup in a compact mirror. Sorry about the delay. The work call ran super long. Work call, Scully says angrily. Is that what you call being pumped up like a bouncy house on the hood of your car? Dana scrunches up her lips. You saw that? Of course I saw that. You're in the middle of a parking lot in broad daylight. Okay, keep your voice down, Dana says. She leans in to whisper. We all got needs, right, cuz? Dana fumbles through her purse and pulls out a carton of cigarettes. Want one? No, Scully says, disgusted. Dana lights the long, lean member between her lips and sucks it off until it glows orange. Hey, did the appetizers come yet? She asks with genuine concern. Yes, but... Good, Dana says, cutting her off. After a shack, I'm fucking starving. You want to go back into the restaurant? You just boinked the waiter, Scully says, incredulous. Ah, he won't bother us, Scully says, hopping down from the hood and slipping into her high heels. Come on, let's go. As Dana walks off, Scully looks into her 1069 counterpart's vehicle and sees that it's a tornado of disarray. A series of self-help books sit on the front passenger seat. In the back of her car, a growing collection of styrofoam coffee cups and high-end restaurant doggy bags. A total fucking mess. Miss Scully, may I remind you, this is the non-smoking section. Dana flashes her FBI badge at the blonde waitress hanging over them. Oh, I'm sorry. Does J. Edgar Hoover think this is a non-smoking section? Ma'am, I mean, our policy is, she says hesitantly. Hey, Blondie, one more squeak out of you and I'll make sure my friends in the health department shut down this whole place, Scully says, snapping her fingers at the waitress, who immediately skulks off. What are you doing? Scully scolds. You can't threaten people with your badge and title. It's against regulation. What are you, a lawyer? Dana asks, choking on her cigarette smoke. No, I'm... Scully stops herself before she reveals that she's also an agent of the FBI. Look, let me just say, what you saw back there with the waiter, that was very out of character for me, Dana explains. In fact, it's the first time I've ever done it. Are you kidding me? First time, Scully scoffs. You did it with Mulder. Mulder? I mean Thumper, Scully says, remembering Mulder's silly alias. Dana tilts her head at her. You know Thumper? 
It just so happens I do. And he told me you two engaged in the same activity just two days ago, Scully says in a mocking tone. Dana holds up her hands. Okay, calm down there, Cuzzy Wuzzy. Do not call me Cuzzy Wuzzy, Scully says. So I'm a fan of the afternoon quickie. Is that against the law? Dana says, holding her cigarette in her left hand while casually chewing on some calamari. In this case, yes, it is against the law because you were doing it in public, on top of your car, Scully says through clenched teeth. Technically, my ex-husband's car. Wait, ex-husband? I got it in the divorce. You see, getting dicked on Alex's prized possession is sort of a fuck you to him. You know what I mean? That name. Alex? It stops Scully dead in her tracks. When you say Alex, you don't mean crycheck, do you? Scully asks. You know him? God, D.C. is a small town, Dana says with a knowing smile. Scully yells, that asshole. How could you marry him? Biggest mistake of my life, Dana says, spreading out her hands to show the size of the mistake. I think I was only with him because he reminded me of my first husband. Your first husband, Scully says, leaning closer now, her face frozen in Edvard Munchian horror. He was my boss, Dana says. You married Skinner, Scully asks, her eyes widening. Dana scoffs. No, not Skinner. She fumbles through her purse removes her wallet, and pulls out a weathered wedding photo that's jammed between several maxed-out credit cards. She hands it to her 1013 counterpart. Scully sees a younger Dana in a white wedding dress, standing beside an older man with a deathly pallor and wrinkled skin, a Morley clenched between his fingertips. Cigarette smoking man? Scully screams. You married cigarette smoking man? How do you think I picked up this particular habit? Dana says, waving her cigarette around like it was a wand and she was a bad birthday party magician. I think I'm going to be sick, Scully says, as she drops her head to the table. Dana lights up a second cigarette, puts it on the other end of her mouth, as she savors the last morsels from what's left of her first cigarette. But what about, I mean, the waiter and thumper, Scully asks, holding her glass of ice water to her forehead to ease the sweating. You told both of them that you love them. I tell that to every guy I boink, Dana says. You do? Scully asks. Why would you just throw that word around? Dana blows a loose strand of red hair out of her face. It's how I scare them off. Scare them off? Yeah, you tell them you love them after the first time you fuck them, poof, they're gone, Dana leans in conspiratorially. I don't have time for relationships anymore. That's why I screw them and cut them loose. That's awful, Scully says. Why are you getting so emotional about it, babe? 1069 Dana says, putting a gentle hand on 1013 Scully's shoulder. Sex is transactional. We all have natural biological needs, right? A shiver runs down Scully's spine. This is exactly how she described her fuck-buddy relationship with Mulder to Clyde Bruckman's daughter. Is that how she sounds? But all these men, all of that sex, Scully mutters, thinking about their mission and the state of the multiverse. You still need to fall in love for this planned work. Dana laughs again. Please, my career is finally taking off. I don't want a relationship to get in the way of that. Every guy in this town is so ambitious. If I fall in love with one, they put themselves first, just like Spender and Alex did. So you like losers, Scully asks, squinting. 
I'm a very busy person. I don't have time for all the foreplay and build up. I need it several times a day as quickly as possible. Stick it in me and let's get on with our afternoon. But Mulder, I mean Thumper, said you went all night long. Remind me who Thumper is again? Dana asks. The guy you fucked yesterday, Scully says. You're going to have to be more specific, Dana says, pursing her lips. In the motel room, Scully practically screams. Right, Dana says, snapping her finger. Ugh, he took forever. By the end, I was begging him to come. I was so bored. So the fact that Thumper had stamina was a negative, Scully asks, confused. A huge negative, then Dana adds. Another thing, too small. Too small? For a size queen like me? Yes, Dana says, biting into another calamari. What's a size queen? I like my cocks to be monstrously gigantic, Dana says, holding out her hand to show her the length and width she prefers. And Thumper, Scully asks, tilting her head. Very, very average. Suddenly in the corner, a man hiding behind a menu darts up and screams. Average? It's Mulder. He's in a suit, and he's hopping mad. He bolts over to their table quickly. Mulder, what are you doing here? Scully asks in shock. I was following you, Dana Scully, and you, Dana Scully, and it just so happens we all wound up in the same place, Mulder yells. Why did he just call you Dana Scully? 1069 Dana asks. Now, I can take a lot, Mulder says as he leans his hands on the table, but what I can't take is someone saying that my pee-pee is too wee-wee. He has a point. I heard you through the motel room walls last night, Scully says to Dana. You were screaming that it was the biggest cock you'd ever seen. There's a pregnant pause in the air. Then Dana points her cigarette at Mulder like an arrow. Do you want to tell her, or should I? Mulder sheepishly says, you can do it. He told me if I said that, he would come. And since he was taking fucking forever, I obliged. So you're not in love with Thumper, Scully asks. God, no, Dana says, laughing. I could never fall in love with a guy with an average dick. It's not average. It's the biggest one Scully has ever seen. Well, it used to be, Scully clarifies as she fans herself with her right hand. It's been a very strange week, to be honest. Mulder, defeated, sits down at the table and grabs a fistful of calamari, which he shoves into his mouth hole. As Dana calls over to the waiter to order entrees, Scully turns to Mulder and says, Our plan isn't going to work. This whole time, I thought she was the best possible version of Dana Scully. But it turns out she's the worst possible version of Dana Scully. Hey, what's that supposed to mean? Dana asks, incredulous. Don't you get it, girl? You're a basket case. A train wreck. Scully screams now as people in the restaurant start to stare. Sure. Professionally, you're doing all right now, but your personal life is in shambles. Okay, so what? Dana says like a spoiled brat. So what? We came here to make sure you fall in love with Mulder. Who is Mulder? Dana asks. Scully stands. But you'll never really fall in love with any man because your standards are insane. She lists on her fingers all the traits that Dana is looking for. You want a guy that has no personal ambition whatsoever, who just wants to put you first all the time. 
Then you need someone to keep up with your demanding sexual needs to fuck you several times a day, often in public places, and for no more than a minute or two because you don't want to waste time on foreplay or tenderness. Mulder tries to interject. Scully, I... Scully cuts him off with, oh, 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 and on top of that, they need to have, in your words, a monstrously gigantic slong, because even Mulder's big dick isn't enough for you. Where in the fuck do you expect to find someone like that? Scully, breathless from her angry outburst, collapses into her chair. She suddenly listens to what she has just said and processes it. Then she turns to her partner, who is several steps ahead of her. Oh, she says, looking up as she comes to her own realization. We might know the perfect person for you. What is this place? A comic book and memorabilia shop, Mulder says. Home to many dorks and dweebs. And the future love of your life, Scully says to her 1069 counterpart. Okay, Dana sighs. Where is he? There, Scully says, pointing to 1069 Fox Mulder. He's behind the counter, wearing a butthead and Beavis t-shirt, and reading a Wonder Woman comic book. Scully, however, is happy to see that he's now actually eating a salad. Fox, Scully says from across the store. Bambi, he yells, standing up straight. Bambi? I thought you told me your name was Flower, Dana says to her. Scully ignores her and moves forward towards the counter. Fox, I'd like you to meet Dana. Dana, this is Fox. Fox stumbles and stutters as he looks to 1013 Dana Scully, then back to 1069 Dana Scully. Finally, he blurts out, You two look alike. We're cousins, Dana responds. Very, 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 very distant cousins, Scully clarifies. I told Dana all about you and she was eager to meet you. I believe you two might have a lot in common. Dana leans in to whisper to Scully. Look, he's kind of cute in a gross way, but I don't think this guy is for me. Okay, Fox, show it to her, Scully says, pointing to Fox's crotch. Here at work, Fox asks. Come on, no one's here except us, Scully says. Fox gestures for Dana to come around the counter. Then he slips down his sweatpants, and Dana immediately says... It's huge, followed by, wait, there's still more? And then, holy fuck, wait, there's even more? Mulder, in spite of himself, peers around the counter and looks at his counterpart's dick. It's large enough to have its own case file. Mulder hangs his head back in shame. How soon can I get that in me? Dana asks, wide-eyed. Scully turns to Fox and asks, immediately? Fox nods, his mouth agape. Dana asks, What? Like, here? Scully responds, sure, odds are he's already whacked off in the bathroom today. Fox shrugs and says, yeah. Then he's already warmed up, Mulder adds. Dana takes Fox's hand as they walk towards the bathroom of the comic book store. 1069 Dana turns back to Mulder and Scully and asks, Wanna watch? Then Dana adds, it would help. Mulder shrugs, it shouldn't take too long. Scully Good point. They walk over to the bathroom, just in time to see Dana yank up her skirt to reveal that she is, indeed, going commando. She bends over the sink, presenting her big round ass to Fox, as though it were a Christmas present. 
He gently pulls out the fire hose between his legs, yard by yard, and shoves it inside of her wet, inviting hole. Her face looks as though she's been touched by God, and within a matter of seconds, she's yelling, Oh my God, Fox, you're so fucking big. Holy fucking balls and shit. I'm going to fucking come. She thrusts her butt back towards him, dribbling like a basketball off his crotch, and a millisecond later, Fox yells, Me too. Both scream with orgasmic delight, experiencing the elusive, simultaneous orgasm. Mulder, with a grimace, turns to Scully and asks, Is that what we look like when we, you know... Scully shakes her head and says, No, Mulder, I can assure you that we look much, much, much better than that. Then, with a smile, our work here is done. Let's get back to our universe. Back at the bar, where Peggy Sue Bruckman helped them travel to the 1069 universe, they find her at the counter, sucking back on her sixth bottle of Lone Star beer. How did it go? Peggy Sue asks. Did you make a love connection? I think I can safely say that what we saw in the bathroom of that comic book store was as close to love as those two freak shows will ever get, Scully responds. Pull up a stool, Peggy Sue says. Have a beer. They share one drink with Clyde Bruckman's offspring, before both tell her they need to call it a night. Traveling the multiverse has taken a lot out of them. However, as Scully heads to the door, Mulder pulls Peggy Sue aside. Hey, can I ask you a favor? He asks with a boyish grin, looking over at Scully to make sure she's none the wiser. Back at her apartment, Scully takes a shower, then slips into a pair of plaid pajama pants and a comfy t-shirt sans bra. As she exits the bathroom, she finds that Mulder is still there. Are you going to spend the night? She asks. I'm not sure, Mulder says. I just wanted to say something. I'm sorry things got weird back there with 1069 Dana Scully. The truth is, she told me she loved me. I believed her because her eyes are your eyes. And I've been waiting to hear it from you for so long. It just felt nice. She doesn't quite know what to say to this. But I don't want to push you anymore, Mulder says. You'll say it when you're ready, or you'll never say it, and that's okay, too. Mulder, I thank you, she says genuinely. But there's one more thing I wanted to try. Oh, she asks quizzically. Since I've been kind of a jealous idiot all week, I thought maybe I could show you how open-minded I really am. The bedroom door cracks open, and three men stand in the entryway. One looks like Mulder, but a decade older, with a salt-and-pepper beard and muscles like he's been doing hard labor. Another looks like Mulder, but with a plum corduroy jacket, an Oxford blue shirt, and a sexy pair of horn-rimmed glasses. The third looks like a younger version of Mulder, with shoulder-length hair. Scully, this is 1157 Mulder, this is 903 Mulder, and that's 757 Mulder. If you're up for it, they'd all like to show you a good time. What sort of good time, Scully says, staring at them. Whatever you want. They're very open molders, if I can speak for them. Luckily, across the multiverse, all molders are kind of pervs. Scully tries to hide her giggle, but Mulder smiles back. Point is, these men are here to meet all of your needs. Oh, okay, Scully says in awe. How do you want them, Scully? Mulder asks. We'll start with one at a time, Scully says breathlessly. 
In this case, you can refer to them as Mature Mulder, Professor Mulder, and lastly, for some reason, he wants to be called Red Shoe Diaries Mulder, but you can call him Young Mulder, Mulder says. Scully scans through her options, each one equally enticing. Finally, she makes her decision. You, Bearded Mulder, come here. Bearded Mulder walks over to her, peeling off his black t-shirt and revealing his muscular upper body. Immediately they kiss, and she feels as though she's known this man her entire life. He removes her shirt with ease, picks her up in his arms, and gently wraps her nipple in his tongue. She flinches with delight. He touches her again and sends lightning through her skin. Ready? he asks. For anything, she responds. He gently places her down on the bed, grips her pajama pants by the waistband, and pulls them down. Bearded Mulder discovers that Scully has adopted one trait from her 1069 counterpart. She's no longer wearing panties. Bearded Mulder lustfully looks at the orange tuft of hair above her delicious pink lips. It's not fair, Scully says. My pants are off. We can make it even, Bearded Mulder says with a smile. He pulls down his dark rinsed jeans to reveal a pair of black boxer briefs. She pulls those off to reveal his large tanned cock, the same size and shape as Mulder's. Oh, this is going to be fun, she says. Scully lies back down on the bed as Bearded Mulder places his head between her inner thighs and gently licks her. It's as though he has a key to all the most sensitive parts of her body. How, how, how do you know to do that? Scully says breathlessly. Simple, my dear, he responds before licking her once more. In my universe, Dana, Scully, and I have been together since high school. I know every inch of your body. Does she know about me? She asks with slight concern. Are you kidding? Bearded Mulder says with a grin. She was all for this. As Bearded Mulder continues to move his warm lips against Scully's gentle opening, she sees the other men standing in the entryway. She has her pick of any of them, and there's not a wrong choice. But there's something about that corduroy jacket that's irresistible. Professor Mulder, do you want my mouth? Professor Mulder walks over to her, unzips his khaki pants, and reveals his big, thick dick. She knows exactly what to do. She hungrily sucks it, mixing his pre-cum with her spit, as she feels mature Mulder's soft beard against her most sensitive area. She moans intensely as she sucks Professor Mulder off, coming close to orgasm with bearded Mulder's magic tongue. But she has a better idea. She removes Professor Mulder's bulge from her mouth and asks, Would both of you be willing to go down on me at the same time? Professor Mulder turns to bearded Mulder, and both men grin and nod. Professor Mulder throws his blazer on a nearby chair, takes off his shirt, and joins his bearded counterpart between Scully's legs. They lift her up into the air, and Scully feels the added benefit of those two magic tongues, driving her to new levels of pleasure. Oh, fuck. I'm gonna... Neither man lets up. They know exactly how to take care of her and let the tongues dance around her clit while her body convulses. She grabs Professor Mulder's full head of hair with her left hand, and Mature Mulder's full head of hair with her right, pushing them further into her as she comes on their delicate tongues. Oh my god! She screams. She breathes in and out. The two molders patiently resting their heads on her thighs, watching her with delight as she comes out of her orgasmic trance. When she finally catches her breath, she says three words. Young, Mulder, now! Scully climbs to her knees on the bed as young Mulder walks towards her, 
slipping off his untucked white button shirt and dropping his pants to the floor. He, too, has gone commando, and she is impressed by his fit body and meaty girth. Lie down flat, she instructs him. Young Mulder does just that, and Scully climbs on top of him, her wet, dripping pussy, pressed against his lower stomach. She reaches behind her, grips his cock by its base, and gracefully slides down on top of it. Fuck, he yells. You feel so good. While straddling him, she spreads her hands on his hard chest, tracing the muscles through his upper body. Your name is Dana Scully? he asks her with a look of awe in his eyes. Yes, she says, tilting her head. Have you not met your Dana Scully yet? He shakes his head. No, I'm only still in college, he says. But if my universe's Dana Scully feels as good as you, wow. Scully smiles, bends down to kiss this young stud on his full lips, and then arches back up. As she continues to straddle him, she calls over Bearded Mulder and Professor Mulder, They stand on her bed, and she goes back and forth between sucking them off and jerking them off. From the doorway, her universe's Mulder watches with delight. His cock is raging in his pants, so hard it is pushing up against his zipper. Finally, he can't take it anymore and undoes his pants, releasing his rock-hard dick and gripping it in his hands. He instinctively jerks off while watching the woman he loves get pleasured by three different versions of himself. Looking at their cocks entering his partner's pussy and mouth, he comes to a realization. These guys are hung like porn stars, Mulder thinks to himself, and so am I. Fuck you, 1069 Mulder. Scully, her muscles stretched from riding young Mulder's thick cock, collapses on the bed. Bearded Mulder moves behind her and penetrates her pussy while spooning her, gently kissing her neck. Professor Mulder moves in from the other side, caressing her, licking her nipples, fingering her clit, rubbing the shaft of his cock against her. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come, Scully says with a powerful realization, just as young Mulder enters her mouth. Mmm, mmm. With all three Mulders taking care of her, Scully proceeds to have a transcendent orgasm, all of the colors of the rainbow flashing before her eyes, an orgasm like none she has experienced and might never again. Over the course of the next hour, these three men make her come in a variety of ways in an infinite loop of combinations. At times, Scully has them one-on-one. At other times, Professor Mulder double-teams her with young Mulder. At one point, she savors a delicious cocktail of young Mulder and mature Mulder, exuberance and experience filling her holes. At her highest point, Scully feels six hands on her body, all focused on her needs and pleasure, and she feels as though she's not even on this earth anymore, but floating between multiple universes. After a burst of pleasure and the subsequent relief, she tries to catch her breath. I think, I think I'm done, she says to the three men in her bed. And only then do the Mulders allow themselves to finish. Young Mulder comes first, filling up Dana's mouth with his hot load, It's voluminous and full, but she manages to swallow it all down, spurt after spurt, impressing this younger man who hasn't even met his universe's counterpart yet. Professor Mulder comes second, pulling out to splash his warmth across her stomach and chest. As his cock softens, he rubs his shaft against her pussy. He even gets her tissues to help her clean up. Finally, she shares a passionate orgasm with bearded Mulder, kissing each other like they've been together for decades. She loses herself in the euphoria of the moment and lets him come inside of her. 
Neither had intended this to happen, but they didn't stop it from happening either. An hour later, Mulder has finished saying goodbye to his multiverse counterparts and, with Peggy Sue Bruckman's help, returned them to their own timelines. Mulder walks into Scully's bedroom to find her still completely naked, a melted puddle of pure joy wrapped in her scarlet silk bedsheets. Well, Scully, he says, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I'll see you tomorrow. Wait, Mulder, she says to him. Yes, Scully, I need you. Without saying a word, he sheds his clothes and gets inside of the bed with the woman he would do anything for. She straddles him, pushing him against her breasts as she grinds against his large, veiny member. All of those other men felt incredible, but this Mulder feels right. She pulls his face from between her breasts, lifts it up, and meets his gaze. I love you, Scully says. There's a moment of pause, as though the globe has stopped spinning. Really? Mulder finally asks, his eyes full of wonder. So much. I love you too, Mulder says. They kiss passionately, their tongues desperately finding each other in the dark of their mouths. Scully, I'm going to... I know you are, she says. I can feel it. Her entire body smiles. She knows his rhythms now. She knows the beat of his heart. Come in me, Mulder. Scully, please, Mulder, come in me. I want you. I need you to. And with that, Mulder releases everything he has into her body, his warm load building a physical bond between them. Oh my God, Mulder. Oh my God. You feel so good. They lie back down on the bed, his cock softening inside of her, as they tenderly hold one another. They're unable to stop kissing, as Scully realizes that over the course of the last few days, she's had sex with five different Mulders, but none has come close to the one in her bed right now. You meant it? Mulder asks. When you said you love me? With everything I have, Scully says, and I'll never stop meaning it. She kisses him once more. Then at the entry of their bedroom, a figure stands. I'm sorry I'm late, he said. Traveling the multiverse was harder than I thought. It's another Mulder, this one with a heavy European accent. I'm sorry, Scully, I forgot. I invited one more Mulder. This is a French Mulder from the 453 universe. French Mulder stares at Scully's naked figure, bites his lower lips, and says, Bonjour, mi amour. 1031 Mulder strokes her hair. I know you've done a lot tonight, so if you don't have it in you, I understand, and... No, no, Scully says, cutting him off. This is definitely going to work for me. French Mulder removes his shirt, drops his capri pants to the carpet, and climbs on top of her as he enters her. His dick is incredibly hard and similar in size to her universe's Mulder. As they lock eyes, she sees the subtle differences between this man and the Mulder she loves. For one, he has gray eyes. For another, his lips are a different shape. But he feels so similar, she gives her body to him. Then, she feels a hand holding her hand. It's 1031 Mulder, her Mulder, watching her being filled up by his French counterpart. As they lock eyes, she sees the pure love he has for her and the joy which this moment is bringing him. Scully knows she can't control what happens in all of the other alternate universes spread across the multiverse, but in this one, right now, things are just right. How does he feel, Scully? Mulder asks as he tenderly kisses her hand, as French Mulder enters her from above, his chest muscles flexing with each thrust. He feels so good, so amazing, she says between breaths. 
but you need to know that as good as he feels, you are my constant. You are my touchstone. You are my, holy fuck, I'm going to come again. If you like this story, please follow the link to the writer's page and leave some love. Kudos, comments, or subscribe. They'll love hearing from you. Then you can head over to our Patreon page and contribute to Audio Fanfic Podcast. As a member, you are granted early access to one new story per month. That's www.patreon.com slash audiofanficpod. Thank you for listening, and remember, the stories are out there.